I woke up one morning and spirit said, Nancy, I want you to write a book. It was really weird. It was, it wasn't like a voice. It was kind of like running water and ringing bells. That's just the way, but I got the message and I said, no one would ever want to read anything I have to write about. And spirit said, kind of just what you're saying that my life experiences would help many. There's so many out there that feel all alone and hopeless and the book would help them and I needed to write the book. Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. My name is Tina Conroy. I am so grateful you are here. If you have found me, you are a seeker of spiritual growth. I honor your journey. Thank you for listening. This episode is sponsored by the Intuitive Expo, held on May 5th from 9 to 4 in Syracuse, New York. I have the honor of being one of the Intuitive keynote speakers as we talk about positive life change. Join me and founder, Dr. Pam Denton, for a day of building spiritual community to transform your life. Also, don't forget about the kickoff party the night before, May 4th at 5.30. Meet the speakers as we kick off the expo, share a channeled meditation, and hold a group reading. It is held at Embassy Suites by Hilton. All the information and Eventbrite ticket link is below. Before I start the show, I would like to turn to the goddesses for guidance. As we turn to the goddesses, take a moment as we center our energy Take a beautiful breath in and exhale away. Allow yourself in this moment to connect to the beautiful energy of the goddesses, these powerful, powerful women to guide us and give us support. I call upon the goddesses to direct us to find strength, compassion, kindness, to release any fear as we move forth on our path. And I bless this space, this place around us, always for the highest good and the highest good of all. And the goddess card that has chosen and come forth is the white buffalo calf woman, reverence. Now is the time to view your world through a lens of peace harmony, and reconciliation. The domain of the Lakota goddess, white buffalo calf woman. It's time to leave right, wrong, good, bad, zero-sum game world behind and enter the space where you can find the sacred ground of sharing without guile and negotiating from desire that everyone benefits. You will be so glad you did. Take a humble yet grounded approach to your life right now. Only good will come of it. The goddess white buffalo calf woman supports this way of being in the world. As we take the guidance from white buffalo calf woman, we take this reverence into our day and into our life. Many blessings.
Today on the show, I have author Nancy Byrne. Nancy wrote the book, Choices. When I was interviewing Nancy for the show, I was reminded of the Trouble to Triumph series I held in June 2018. If you haven't caught that series, I highly encourage you to go back in the archives and listen. There I had powerful women sharing their pain, adversities, and suffering, and how they rose up out of the ashes and made a difference, which impacted many. We all have a story to tell. Today, that story is about Nancy and her painful childhood and abuse. With all painful stories, it may be hard to hear. However, there may be one person listening who truly needs to hear this right now. Nancy's book, Choices, is about faith, belief, and the willingness to survive spiritually. All her information, as well as the book's link, will be in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Hi, Nancy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Kita. I'm so glad to have you today, and I cannot wait to share you with all the listeners. Oh, well, I'm so excited to be on your show today. I always bring my guests a little back in time to share with the listeners your upbringing. So if you'd like to share with them, were you brought up religious, spiritual, or both? Whatever you'd like to share with us. Um, I was actually raised um, in the Roman Catholic Church, but I, I, I'm not a member of the church anymore. I'm more, uh, I'm spiritual. <laughs> and so you were brought up in that. And then when did you feel and feel connected to spirit or I guess to kind of clarify it. So I, I say spirit is within us. It's also around us. And I also was brought up uh, Roman Catholic. Do you want to share your, maybe a spiritual awakening or your spiritual experience? And how old were you when that happened? Well, um, I was, um, I was raised in a pretty dysfunctional family. My dad, um, um, raped and beat me ever since I, I think I was three. And um, one time we lived, we actually lived um, across the street in Catacorner to a Catholic church. When I was about, I guess I was about 10 or 11, dad had gone out and he was drinking uh, to the bars. And um, I was just really, really depressed, more depressed than usual. So I walked, I snuck out the back of the house and I walked over to the church and um it was in Rocky Ford. They never locked the doors. So I went in and there were two penance candles um, lit on the altar. But that was it. Other than that, the church was totally dark. And I walked into the very front um, pew and I knelt down and I was just begging God. I was just crying and begging God to please, please let me die. And my rationale was that there are so many people that want to live and they die and I wanted to die and I'm still alive so couldn't he just let me die and let somebody who wanted to live live it made total sense to me and um I felt a hand on my shoulder and I turned around I thought it's the priest he's going to take me home and I'm going to get beat up for sneaking out of the house and um there was nobody there and I, I was just a kid so I like knelt down on the the pew was looking on the bench was looking behind me to see who was there and there was no one there. And when I turned back around, the entire altar was just lit up in this gorgeous gold 
golden light. It was just, I don't know how to explain it to you. It was just so soothing and warm. And it was like, it just permeated my entire soul, every cell in my body. And I, I felt so embarrassed that I had been given this amazing gift of life and I was throwing it back in spirit's face just because it was too hard. And But I also at the same time felt this, I knew that a power greater than my mom and dad, <laughs> greater than me, loved me and cared about me and was invested in my life. I knew I felt important. And I think that's, you know, it's not like the beating stopped or um, anything like that. Life went on as usual, but I just, I knew I belonged somewhere. I know that your story and we'll share about how you wrote the book Choices is so difficult and challenging to write and to share. And there's someone out there right now that's probably listening that feels just like you, that feels similar to being alone and not wanting to live this challenging, hard life and and may or may not have that experience, but is going to hear your story and going to hear and hopefully read your book and how you've overcome it. I, When I was reading your book, one of the excerpts from your book, you were talking about when I think you were about a year old about a year or a year and a half old, I believe. Um, you were quite young. And when you said you went to an amusement park and it struck me one, one and a half, I, to even have the memory of that and how you were on a ride, on an amusement ride that was not probably child safety, child, uh, for a child, and how you didn't really know why when you got home, how you were being punished and beaten and not understanding so now you brought us to this time where you were 10 years old and how the uh, you, not understanding why this is happening, but, and even though the beating didn't stop then, you did understand from spirit that there was something else and there was something greater. So first of all, thank you for being so, so honest and authentic and sharing because it's not as we know as spiritual teachers and leaders that you are to not just share our story, but to share so that others can hopefully learn and find a way. So thank you, first of all, for, for that and uh, for sharing. Let's, uh, let's take the listeners to after that. So I know you said everything didn't stop. You still had the dysfunctional family and the beatings, when did when did you get away or when did something change or when did you connect even deeper with your connection to spirit and do the work that you're doing now? Well, I um I always got really good grades in school because I somehow seemed to know think that that was the key to getting away from there. And um so when I was in high school I got um I was able to go work for social services because I always liked that as a stenographer. And um, they, um, you know, they always really seemed to like me. And there was a, a job in um, Littleton, Colorado, uh, for a stenographer at social services. And so they um, they had put in an application for me. Um, 
some of the social workers. And I guess I had an interview. And so they told me to just come to work the next day. Ophelia Perry, this lady, used to pick me up and take me um, to work. And she said, you know, she would pick me up and take me to work just like an ordinary day. And um, um, Emmett Colosimo and the state patrolman would take me in for the interview. And I got the job. And then um, they suggested that I start bringing clothes into work every day, just a few things at a time. And then um, when I was supposed to start, we would just go. <laughs> and so that's kind of what happened. They really helped me. Um, so I moved to Littleton. And um, further back, um, at one point in high school, um, a friend or a person I knew, she was a cheerleader, really popular. She had been sick. And so she came over to borrow one of my papers. Um, and I, you know, didn't think about plagiarism or anything like that. I was so honored that she would come and want my paper. And, you know, um, so I let her have it. And when she left, my dad was just screaming at me. And he said, what is she doing here? She's the biggest whore in town. And um, my mouth has always had a life of its own. <laughs> and uh, so instead of life, you know, saving, you know, instinctive life-saving comment, I said, well, Dad, if anybody knows who all the tours in town are, it would certainly be you. <laughs> and he's not the right thing to say. So he popped off and, of course, smacked me in the face and told me to get out. He couldn't stand to see me, and he just, I was making him sick. And so I thought he gave me permission to leave. He told me to get out. So I ran to my guidance counselor's house, or to my principal's house, and he wasn't there. So I ran to my um, guidance counselor's house, um, Agnes Carmen, and she um, she told me your dad's going to turn you in as a runaway. And I was saying, no, no, he won't. He won't. Honest, he gave me permission. He told me to get out. She said, no, he'll turn you in as a runaway. So she took me to the police station, and she must have gotten a hold of my principal because he was there waiting for us. And um, the chief told a young officer to go find my dad. He was probably at the, I think it was a Pickwick or something, and. Um, they were telling the principal, the chief of police about that I was a sweet little girl. I always got good grades. Everybody really liked me. You know, I was kind of timid. And um, my dad walked in and I, I didn't recognize him. He was so jovial and smiling and just, I mean, it was just, I had never seen him in a good mood. <laughs> and um, he was laughing and talking and he was telling them, yeah, that I just, you know, I just left the house and he was worried about me and he didn't know what was going on and I'm his daughter and you know he was just really concerned and and then the um the chief told the young officer to take me and my dad home and I couldn't believe they were sending me back home I, I started crying and I said please please don't send me home he'll kill me he wants to kill me he hates me and I hate him please can't you send me to reform school and they said they were sorry but they couldn't and so I got in the car in the back seat, and I was sure that dad was going to find a way to kill me. I was even in kind of a sick way wondering how he was going to do it, you know. And um, anyhow, the officer was talking to my dad, and he said, you know, um, he said, we can't, sir, we can't, um, you know, check on your daughter when she's, um, you know, when she's at your home, but we can check on her when she's walking home from school and when she's leaving church. And so 
you'd better hope that she doesn't accidentally fall down and skin her knee or break a bone or get a black eye because we're going to put you in jail and throw away the key and your whoring and drinking days are over. And dad said, oh, no, 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 I, I would never do that. I would never do that. You know, I think she's on drugs. I think she just likes to hurt herself, you know, to make, to make me look bad. And the officer, you know, yelled at him and he said, you know, she is a sweet little girl. Everybody talks about her and you are nothing but a drunk. So don't touch her again. And the beating stopped. Wow. And you know how I got to get a job in social services and everything because other than that, I wasn't allowed to leave the house unless I went and paid the bills and got groceries and stuff. Were you an only child, Nancy? No, I have a sister and a brother. Okay. Okay. So where are you in birth or order? Are you oldest, youngest, middle? I'm the oldest. Oldest. Yeah. So, you know, your book choices, some people will hear your story or they'll be in a similar story. How did you get to where you are? With all that adversity, all that pain, all that suffering, people not maybe believing you. How, how are you standing today? How, how have you helped others? I know that you are a healer. I know you give spiritual readings. You connect with the divine, with spirit. You wrote a book. How did that come to be? What, how, what would you tell somebody that, you know, let's talk about the book. Where did the, did you always know you wanted to write a book? Did the, was this, you know, how did that all come about? No, I never had any intention of writing a book. I didn't think I had anything to write about. And, and I didn't really write the book. It was totally, it was given to me through automatic writing. It was like I was taking dictation. I woke up one morning and spirit said, Nancy, I want you to write a book. It was really weird. It was, it wasn't like a voice. It was kind of like running water and ringing bells. That's just the way, but I got the message and I said, no one would ever want to read anything I have to write about. And spirit said, kind of just what you're saying that my life experiences would help many. There's so many out there that feel all alone and hopeless and the book would help them and I needed to write the book. So I got out of bed and went outside and sat under my seedless cottonwood tree with my two dogs and my five cats. And I used to raise bees in Colorado. And I just, I wrote the book and I took it and it was, the book was virtually done in about two and a half weeks. It was just, I was just really writing away. And um, when I, I took the pages in for my husband to proof just to, like for typos and stuff like that, he was said, wow, you write so much better than you speak. You're profound. And I was like, well, that's because I didn't write the book. But um, so, yeah, if I, I think if I would have written the book at that time in my life, it would have been kind of poor, pitiful, pearl, doom and gloom. I mean, it's hard to write something like that and be uplifting and, you know, just positive about it. But the book is, I think, very uplifting. It's tongue-in-cheek. People have said they've laughed, they've cried, they've read it several times and highlighted chapters. And it's, it's each chapter has a different message for everyone. And I think that that's, you know, I really think that 
No matter how dark your life may seem, there is always hope and you have the answers within you. You know, these spiritual gifts aren't just given to a selected few. They're given to all of us. But we get into this place, it's kind of like a downward spiral where we think we're worthless. Everybody's better than us. We have nothing to offer. You know, our lives are just a waste. And you've got to remember who you are in your soul. We are connected all connected to spirit. We all have gifts. And if spirit's given you a dream or desire in your heart, you also have everything you need to fulfill that desire. I promise you that. Where do you feel the impact of your book? I mean, where is it for all people? Do you feel like there's a particular person that's going to connect deeper with it? Like a particular person that's going to read the book? Or do you feel it's pretty varied that many people can connect with it? I I think that Spirit wrote the book for everyone. I mean, anyone who's um, lived a less than optimal life will find something in there for them because there's, there's just something, you know, for everybody. And I also, I want the listeners to know that You know, for the first time in my life, I can truly say I really love who I am. And I wouldn't, I really wouldn't want to relive my childhood. And I would not want anyone else to have to go through that. But I am grateful. I really am truly grateful for all the lessons I've learned. Because without the lessons, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I realize that there's this huge power, this huge force out there that honestly wants to give us every desire, wants to give us happy, healthy, and prosperous lives. And we can have it. I mean, if I wrote you a check for a million dollars and you stuck it in your drawer because you weren't worthy, it's not going to do any good. You have to do your part. And I remember that my first husband and I were um, elders in this um speaking in tongues, dancing in spirit, you know, um, church. And um, so I went to Bible college and I was really struck by the fact when I was reading this verse and it was talking about when Moses was trying to save the people, you know, the Israelis, the Israelites, and, and he was at the Red Sea and he was praying. I mean, really fervently praying. He really wanted to help the people. And he was like, Lord, the armies are bearing down on us from the north or whatever. You know, the Red Sea is before us. Please, you promised you were going to save your people. Please move your hand. Please, we need you. We will perish, you know, save us from perishing. And God said, Moses, quit praying and start walking. And I I just, you know, God would say, stop praying and do your part, you know. And it wasn't until... Moses, the the bottom of his foot touched the water that it parted. So we all have to do our part. We've been given so much and we need to use it and help others. And And that's what you're, and that's, and, and it sounds like the book, like you said, didn't, you didn't write it. You channeled it to help other people. And you listen to what a lot of my show is about is you listen to that intuition. You listen to that guidance. You were, you allowed yourself to step aside for you to connect to that deeper part of you, connect to spirit to guide you to write the book, to reach many people. And, and I do believe that the book will go and find 
it will be in the right people's hands. Books like this, and when someone tells their story as authentically as you did, and I know I'm saying you told the story, but Spirit helps you tell your story, it will find its way into the people that really truly need it. And, you know, all the work that you do and how the book will come about. So, you know, sometimes as a book is birthed, it's like, you know, having a child, it's birthing this whole new endeavor. It allows you to reach even more people. So, you know, again, I, there's going to be so many people that do listen to it, or there may be one or two person that listens that has that, that resonates with it and that can connect. Um, what is one of your, what's one part of the book? I know each chapter has a different lesson, but if you could just pull out one piece of the book, just to share with the listeners, like a little tidbit, what would be one piece that you can share? Well, there was a place in the book where it said something about, just remember that a diamond was just once a piece of coal until extreme pressure was applied. Hmm. And so I, you know, I think that we're all diamonds. Maybe in, some of us are diamonds in the rough, but we're all diamonds. We all have so much potential. And, you know, even when they pack dynamite, they put it in little packages because it's so, you know, powerful. And so we're just like sticks of dynamite. I mean, we have so much power, we don't even know it. If we just really saw ourselves the way spirit sees us, we'd fall madly in love with ourselves, you know? Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. That's, I love yes. that. I love, I love the analogy of the coal and the diamond. It's really beautiful. Um, so before we close, I want to ask uh, a question that I always ask my guests, and that is, what is an intuitive moment that you have had recently, or it may be a while ago, that you have listened to your intuition and acted upon? A huge thing is I moved to Whidbey Island because Spirit told me to move. And Tina, I've been terrified of water all my life because my dad tried to drown me. You know, I still remember trying to breathe and water coming in your lungs. And um, Spirit told me that I was supposed to move. I never even heard of Whidbey Island before. And um, and it's it's a whole big, long story in itself, too. But I, I, I thought that I had misunderstood or something. And then I started having dreams. And one of the dreams was I was swimming along the ocean floor. And it was just beautiful, all the coral and everything. And there was a little blowfish on my left and a great white shark on my right swimming with me, and I could breathe underwater. So I wrote another letter, and Spirit said I, I was spot on. I didn't misunderstand, and I had to move to Whidbey Island by the end of the summer. And so I told my husband, and he said he, he, he wasn't going to move. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, Phil, I'm le learning to listen to Spirit and not to man, and I'm going. And here we are, and we're both so grateful to be here and I'm walking with this crazy group of women called ladies of the beach and I've walked in water that's clear up to my waist and I'm not scared at all I love oh, that's it beautiful that's beautiful well Nancy where can people find you can you share your website your social media um, and of course your book um, my webpage is www.choices-com nlb.com again that's choices-nlb.com and um 
that's the best place to get a hold of me. You can find out everything about me. And my book is available through Balboa Press, through Amazon, probably the most inexpensive way to get it, and through uh, Barnes & Noble. Well, thank you. I'm going to leave all the information in the show notes. So how you can contact Nancy uh, on her website and also the link to her book, Choices. And thank you so much, Nancy, for sharing your story and connecting with spirit. Namaste. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. You're welcome. 